Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Aaron Maurer here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. Guys, once again, I'm expanding the reach and the horizons, trying to bring more powerful voices, different perspectives, and people doing really amazing work in the field of education. It will do two things for you as a listener. One, to inspire, and two, to help you be reminded that the work that we want to do, the ideas we have in our head, can actually be real things. And the guest we're going to have today is a global teacher prize winner finalist in 2017 guys i have a link to what this organization is it is so powerful that actually like the winning teacher gets a million dollars to bring their ideas to life and so the fact that this guest was part of the top 50 speaks volumes to the work that she's doing and when you get done listening to this podcast i hope that you go to her website i hope you look at the body of work that she's done and you take a look at all the amazing things that she's doing and she gives you a great opportunity to connect to reach out and do some collaboration with her and if that happens i would love to know all about it as always guys i'm always looking for that next powerful guest so if there's someone that you want to have on the show someone you want me to reach out to someone you think would just be phenomenal let me know i'm trying to push my own boundaries and you know many of you have amazing people that you know that maybe I'm not aware of, and together we all win. As always, before we kick into the guest and the amazing conversation for today, if you like this show, please like it. Please share it out on social media, all those things, guys. The more listeners we get, the better opportunities we have, and the further the reach, and the more amazing guests we have. All right, my friends, without further ado, let's jump into episode 104, where we're going to be learning about some powerful conversations in education. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, born insane. Listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Coffee Chuck Bucks here with another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. And we are here. Um, I know for many episodes we've had here in a run, we've been talking computer science and STEM and, and makerspace. And, you know, there's there's more to the world of education than just that. And we have a, a guest on the show today that's going to have us pivot from that. I think it, it, it's all-encompassing in some shape or form um, on, on, on some other topics that I think are, are vital to the landscape of education that we need to start not just having conversations around, but starting to put in some agency and action um, in, in into our schools and our teaching practices and all those types of things. So, um, Estella, why don't we start off before I get ahead of myself here and start diving into all the amazing work that you do. Um, and why don't you introduce yourself, what you do, um, all the kind of work that you've got going on, and we'll just take it from there. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, hey, guys. Uh, my name is Estella Lima Church. I am a high school a teacher in South Los Angeles. I teach English and theater. Um, very passionate about arts integration and uh, ways in which that intersects with social and racial justice in our classrooms, um, in our learning spaces, um, as well as the sustainable development goals. So I'm uh, excited to be on and chat today about all of those things. Yeah, and so just the, the backstory for those that are 
wondering how, how we've connected um, is I'm a huge fan of, of the sustainable development goals. I see it, them as a great platform for students in classrooms that really have some authentic work and support to the learning that we're expected to do with our 18 million standards and everything else we've got going on in education. And I know in, in some of the work that I've done, it's really helped bridge some connections for just while we have our, our content standards, just building cultural awareness. Uh, you know, I've got a presentation coming up and um, I used to call it global education. And now it's, uh, I, I took this slogan from a shirt my wife where it's called be a kind human. And I really think it's this idea of like, we have to continue to showcase to ourselves and to our students, the people from around the world so we can understand how much alike we are and how much we're all in this together by this I mean living here you know on, on, on planet earth and so what's been your connection with the sustainable development goals like what are some things that you've done with that and then I really do want to move that into talking about some of the social justice and, and things that you've got going on as well yeah for sure um <clears throat> so I am a uh, 2017 finalist for the global teacher prior um, and being a part of the Varky Teacher Ambassador Group um, really opened up my eyes to more issues that face educators around the world. Um, and in getting to know my colleagues overseas um, and learning more about some of the struggles that they go to day, through day-to-day in their classrooms um, got me more invested or interested in um, making sure that my students had more concrete and tangible connections um, to communities around the world. And so I signed on to be an ambassador um, for the Teach SDGs program. And and there are thousands of teachers now. I think we're up to over 2,000 teachers who have taken the pledge around the world um, to explicitly teach SDGs in our classrooms um, and connect with each other on major projects. Um, and so in addition to, to serving as a volunteer for the TTSDGs group, I'm, I'm the communications chair for that, um, task force coalition, which is a, a team of teachers volunteering. Um, I've signed on to, uh, these projects that my students get to work on with kids everywhere. And so one project that we, we participate in is the climate action project, which takes place in October. It is led by an amazing teacher from um, Belgium. He's also a Varky teacher ambassador, Quinn Timmers. Um, and, and that was like the first thing I did a few years ago to, to get my kids connected. And that has sort of spiraled and, and springboarded tons of other projects. Um, but the, the Climate Action Project has always gone over very well with my kids in our English class. Um, and so I plan on continuing to do that project and, and several others that come up. Yeah, and, and for those listening, we'll make sure we get all the links to the show notes to the, the Climate Action Project and the Global Teacher Prize. You can you can check that out. And, and you have received some of those accolades for the Global Teacher Prize, and that is a huge recognition. Um, for those that haven't heard of it, like, can you explain a little bit more about that? Because this is something that's goes beyond like um you know these these other awards where it seems like um you just enter your email and you get a badge like this is pretty legit stuff here and so um can you explain a little bit about that and and could you explain like what what was it that that got you recognized because you're you're doing some phenomenal work um and i think that that's really important to, to highlight here 
Yeah. Um, so for listeners out there, nominations are currently open, by the way, if you're interested in um, applying for yourself or nominating an educator that you know. Uh, the Global Teacher Prize is still relatively new. Um, it's less than 10 years old. Um, it's it's a so the Varkey Foundation aims to elevate the profession of education and elevate educators around the world. Um, the Global Teacher Prize, uh, hundreds of teachers get nominated from over 170 countries. Um, <clears throat> and in December, they will let us know who makes the top 50. After we know who the top 50 are, it gets whittled down to the top 10. And then to the number one or the, the winning teacher, and that winning teacher gets a million dollars. That million dollars, that educator gets to spend how they see fit. Um, but once you're named top 50, you then become a part of the Varky Teacher Ambassadors. Um, and it's a, a cohort, a, a group of educators that you get to work on passion projects with, uh, research projects with, um, collaborate in a million different ways on issues that affect our kids all over the world. Um, and it is one of the most fulfilling um, professional development groups I've ever, ever had the pleasure of being a part of. Um, I was nominated by um, John Heffernan, former executive director at the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Organization. Um, I've been working with them for a number of years outside of my classroom on a curriculum they have called Speak Truth to Power. Um, it has a play. It has um, several lesson plans that um, document the narratives and stories of human rights activists from all over the world. Um, they're very cross-curricular, interdisciplinary units and lesson plans. And so I had been working to help train teachers here in L.A. to use that curriculum. My students and I had produced a play. Um, and I guess they saw fit to nominate me for this prize. To be honest, I never thought that I would make the top 50. Um, and I did. And it was, it's been crazy pants ever since um, joining this amazing group of teachers. They yeah. are by far the greatest human beings I've ever met. I can only imagine, and I think the the power you kind of spoke to it earlier in your previous answer, like you truly get to hear voices from all over the world, which I think really strengthens, you know, any of us that are trying to not just be better people, but also, you know, constantly kind of think about our philosophy of education. And, and you talked earlier about, yeah. you know, how much you've been able to learn from these other passionate educators from around the world and what have been, been some of those, those eye-opening things that you've heard, whether through conversations or connecting with these people or, you know, and doing the work that you're doing um, that maybe you didn't know before because not every educator is going to have these types of opportunities, um, but it doesn't mean that we can't find ways to make this stuff happen. So what have been some of those, those key learning moments yeah. for you? One of the biggest learning moments I had, I mean, I pride myself on being, on creating inclusive spaces for kids and um, trying to meet kids where they are and meet their individual needs and giving kids what they need to be successful. And I realized that in a lot of ways, I was not being as inclusive as I could be. Mm. Um, and I was, I got really reflective about language and even the way in which uh, American teachers or U.S. teachers, we describe our classroom spaces. Um, for example, the word classroom, 
right? Like uh, talking to teachers overseas and having friends who teach overseas. Now, the word classroom is not as inclusive as it could be, right? We have educators who are part of the Varky, the Varky uh, cohort um, that that don't have actual building spaces that they teach in. Some of our teachers are bringing education to remote areas where they're they're boating on rivers and meeting kids, literally meeting kids where they are, um, to in order to service their needs and and bring them education. And I I felt a little bit bad at first, but then um, just empowered to be even more vigilant about my language and um, ways in which I am inclusive for educators and students. Um, And so I've tried to make small changes here and there. One is doing my best to say, to use the phrase learning space or environment as opposed to classroom Mm. or um, realizing that some of our educators overseas, they're working with, um, a a plethora of age groups in a single learning space. And so even instead of saying students or kids or children to say learners um, to, to be even more inclusive. So it was really eye opening and um, awakening for me um, just to, to be more conscious and more aware um, and to model that practice and behavior um, I think my students are fairly, uh, what's the word? They're, they're really good at being inclusive. And so I want to be better so that they'll be better. Yeah, I think, I think that's so powerful. I know I got to work with a, a wonderful educator just this past school year and we were divide, designing a, a project-based learning unit um, on just the power of water. And, you know, it's the end mm-hmm. of the school year and she was teaching seventh grade and it's like, how do we get these seventh graders to even get remotely engaged in this concept when they're completely checked out, you know? And long story short, mm-hmm. we we're able to build a connection with a, an, um, a young man named Livingstone who works at a refugee camp in, in Africa. And long story short, we were able to understand and have this global conversation back and forth around water. And because we actually were connecting through tools like Flipgrid and other online platforms, these kids in Africa and here where I live in Iowa were talking back and forth on these topics, and it just became real. Um, and one of the things we were able to do was we found out that they only had a, a water tank that could hold enough water for six months. And in a drought season, if there isn't water, like people can, can literally die. Mm. So we were able to help do some things to help bring the money and help them get another water tank. And the kids were just so tied in because it was real like there was you know like it wasn't like let's just let's just read an article about it and let's pretend we can do stuff it's like no you're talking to these kids that you know and they're sharing things and we're sharing things and it completely changed our perspective on stuff and i think one of the biggest things and and maybe you can speak to this too is like at first i think the american perception is like we want to like feel bad for these people like oh mm-hmm. like and that's not what what these kids like you know trying to have these conversations like they're proud they're happy like yes mm-hmm. they will take support but they're not begging like they're not 
<laughs> you know, like, and it's just really a hard right. thing is mm-hmm. here we are selling water bottles and kids just drink water freely and waste and do this, you know, and maybe that all feed, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. now we got to get them doing the climate action project for all this plastic we waste. But, you know, but it's like, right. we, we, we take a lot of things for granted. And, um, and it was just, yeah, it's, it's such a powerful concept when we can start to bridge these connections, you know, and it doesn't always have to mm-hmm. be on the other side of the world. It could be kids in the United States as well. And so, as you've been doing that work and learning those things about inclusiveness, which I think is, is something that we can probably all do a better job of, you know, and, and you talked mm-hmm. earlier, you're passionate about social justice, like, and, and you get to teach English and you're teaching um, the, the arts and theater. Like you've got two platforms that really allow you to dive deep and, and on these, oh, to- on these topics. And so um, what have been some things you're, you're, you're doing around that? Because I think that is a topic that, our youth is becoming very, very passionate about, um, and, and thankfully yes. they are and, and for, to have a platform mm-hmm. to be able to do that. So, um, speak a little bit about that because I think that's something that I think a lot of educators want to, want to begin to go down that journey, but I think a little, some of them are, are nervous, right? Like it, you're, cause you're, right. you're opening a can of worms, a good can of worms, but you're opening up a can of yeah. worms and that's not always <laughs> easy to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, I'd say trust your students. And um, so long as you've built the community in your learning spaces and they feel safe to have hard conversations, they will take over and absolutely own the space and own the conversations and and hold each other accountable. Um, And I have learned more and more to step back and facilitate and not talk too much or run run the space um my theater students they they run their department i mean i i joke like i've been traveling for professional development and stuff all summer and as i'm off like at these conferences and conventions my theater students they've already set up their they they meet weekly and then they text me to do they're like miss church you've got this to do when you return i'm like oh okay guys sure sure thing whatever you say um, so they've really, once they're empowered, they, they roll with it. Um, and so a couple of things my theater kids and I do, um, one, every year we do something called the art and service project and it takes them half of the school year, sometimes all school year. Um, and the requirements are simple. They've got to use their art and they have to address either a sustainable development goal or one article from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, And so they spend at least six months planning, coming up with, some of them do campaigns, some of them will host live shows, some of them will um, create social media accounts, uh, some of them use visual arts, have some pretty talented um, painters on our team. Um, They've come up with all kinds of stuff over the years. Um, And they, they go out into our neighborhood and they advocate for or against things that that matter to them um they've covered gender disparity issues um they've covered homelessness in our communities they've covered uh girls not having access to um tampons or pads um i I mean the list goes on um the other thing that we do every year every spring the students get together and um they write a play together i teach them a style of playwriting called verbatim theater um and verbatim theater is exactly that it's word for word 
they go out into the neighborhood after they have picked a topic or issue, and they spend a significant amount of time, um, at least a month, sometimes two, researching the, the topic and interviewing stakeholders. So they identify people for the issue, against the issue, in between, and then they, they interview them. They take all of those interviews, they cut them down into uh, 90-second monologues, and then they take those 90-second monologues and turn them into a full play. Um, and so over the years, they have uh, written pieces on police brutality and racial profiling. They have written pieces on um, lack of visibility for LGBTQ teens, body image, um, body dysmorphia, uh, self, self-harm or suicide. Um, they have written on identity issues, identity development, and uh, their most recent one was on the obscene cost of college and the fear of student loan debt and breaking the cycle of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've found that if you just let them loose, <laughs> they, they get to work and they, they come up with some pretty brilliant stuff. Yeah, and so two questions. I mean, it's, that's so amazing that they're that they're tackling these topics. Like one, like how? So a new new school year is about to start, um, or mm-hmm. will be underway by depending on when people are listening to this. And I know that you talked about how you you kind of step away step away and let let them run the show, which I think is is something that we're all trying to strive for. But like, how do you get to that point where you're able to do that where they understand like, oh, like we get to be treated as as equals as as real people in this space like how do you set those conditions because i, I don't know yeah. like like you can go to conferences and teachers are going to spend all this time in pd and they're going to be told a million times over like it's important to build relationships it's important to have student mm-hmm. voice and choice it's important you know all these things but no one yeah. ever really but when you ask like well how do you do that it's kind of like when, when yeah. the thing my, my wife's an educator and we talk all the time it's like one of both of our pet peeves like when people tell teachers like well, you, just, you just need to differentiate and then you ask them like well how give me some examples of how to do that and yeah, then it's I just it's just, it, it's yeah. just it, then it goes to crickets right so um, yeah <laughs> Like, what are some things that you have found to be be helpful, you know, so that you're able to kind of step back and you're able to just kind of help these kids as, you know, craft their voice and, and, and showcase the power of what they're able to do? Um, a couple of, first off, I'm a little bit lucky because theater students tend to be around for more than one year. So yeah. um, it's at least with those kiddos, it's been years of relationship building. Sure. Um, the other thing is I take my time in the first couple of weeks. And when I first started teaching, uh, I'm going into my seventh year in the classroom. When I first started teaching, you know, mentors and veterans are always like classroom management. You come in super stern, mean face. You don't crack a smile until, you know, Christmas break. Um, and I think I started out my first year like that and it, it, it didn't work for me. Um, so I have found that taking, I truly, truly take my time in the first two or three weeks to really build community, build more so than, it's not even so much about classroom management. It truly is about the relationships. They've got to have, they've got to have ownership and be fully invested in their space and in their learning and then what's about to take place over the next year. And so that's, we're, we're playing games for the first couple of weeks. Um, I never complete the syllabus. That's one. They have to finish the syllabus. I like um, the syllabus 
yeah, it, it, I mean, the only thing I keep on there is my basic info, contact information, basics about the, the grading policy and, and what text they can expect, but they have to finish writing up the rest of the syllabus um, because it's, you know, there's supposed to be contracts, right, between the kids and the educators. So they, the first week, they've got to finish the syllabus. Then I print up the copies. Then I send them home for signatures with parents. Um, so, yeah, so for the first two or three weeks, we, I take my time. I go slow in the beginning so that I can speed it up later on when I have to. Um, and that has been the most impactful or, or positive thing for me. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of all I got. Wow. Well, I mean, I think I think it, 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 it's really it's all about just treating people like people, right? Like it's it's going slow, yeah. but it's building relationships. And while that is something that does um, get brought up time and time again, there's you can't go anywhere without that. Like if you don't have that that yeah. mutual trust between one another, your kids aren't gonna they're not gonna ride with you. They're they're not gonna go to those deep levels of thought. They're not gonna persevere when things are tough because they have to know that you've got their back and that they've got your back mm-hmm. too you know and that's so i think that that's exactly. something that while it gets brought up all the time like it's it, it's also at the same time common sense <laughs> you know like, uh, yeah. um and it's really easy to, to to overlook that there are pressures of so many educators mm-hmm. and they feel they got to just sit there and get right away and start cramming information and content and it's like just take that time yeah no yeah. no there's no way we're ever going to cover all of the standards or content that's there and so i've found that it's kind of just best to dig deep into certain concepts or certain texts um, there's just no way. Inspire those important skills as often as you can, but there's no way. Like there, there's, it's impossible. People are asking us to literally do the impossible every single day that we go to work. Um, and so, I, I mean, you'll drive yourself crazy, burn out, and leave the profession before you've ever truly made an impact. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I am coming to that realization now, like in the last year or two. So, um, don't try to do everything in the thing. Yeah. And then I know too, you're, so these kids are doing this work and they're expressing their, their ideas and their visions on these topics that, that are very important to them, probably impact their lives or someone that they know. And, and so how do you handle that? Or like in the midst of like a, a school culture or a district culture? And I guess I, that's not very well worded, but like the idea being this, you have a student and they're very passionate about um, a said topic and they have a very, very strong Mm -hmm. stance. Um, And while it's not always our job to tell them to think differently, but how to express it properly, but like, how do you handle that also like with like the nuances, you know, that a school brings, you know, like it's not always safe to verbally express everything we think, which I think leads to a lot of other issues in society. Um, you know, and I'm always thinking like, I, I, like there's times where I feel like a kid has a really strong stance on, on, on a topic. Um, I, when I used to teach social mm-hmm. studies, this would happen all the time. Um, and there'd be times where maybe I didn't dig deep enough to understand like why they felt the way they did, but I would try to like, funnel them down a way that maybe wasn't too risky and then now I'm like why mm-hmm. why would I do that you know now I'm gonna you, every year you learn right so you constantly think like, yeah oh. right because you have to play play the game too in some regards you don't want to be the front page of a headline mm-hmm. um you don't want to lose your right. job so how do you like balance that not that they not that everything's always chaotic and crazy but you know but you also 
want kids to be able to express who they are? Like, how do you balance all that? Because I think that's always a challenge for educators as well. Um, I don't know that I've quite figured that out yet. Um, I think at this point where I'm at and, and maybe I'm in, in need of some more reflection on it, but I, I feel like them expressing themselves is of the utmost importance. And, um, I, I make sure, well, for one, I make sure that every time I say something, it's prefaced with either this is not my personal opinion, or this is based on this research or article, um, or this is only my personal opinion. So don't like take this for gospel or anything. Sure. Um, whenever we're in the middle of a conversation, um, but I, 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 the rules that the kids have set up at the beginning of the year, um, make sure that I remind them of the rules that they have set um, to keep their space safe and inclusive for all. Um, I let them voice how they're feeling, and you know, it, sometimes it gets pretty heated, but um, they're usually okay after, right? Like they've lit this valve off, the pressure off, and then they can continue writing whatever thing they have to write or whatever project we're working on. Um, but I don't know that I've quite figured out that whole nuance, you know, w- with school culture, district culture. Um, I- I'm at this point in my career, I think I'm very committed to student choice, student voice, student autonomy. Um, and I don't know that I'm ready to compromise on yeah. that yet. And maybe I'll learn a hard lesson at some point, but I don't know that I'm ready to compromise. No, yeah, I, I love that, I, and, and I love your, and appreciate your honesty through that, you know, I, it's it's a slippery slope in terms of, like, every mm-hmm. building, school, district, state all has different factors right. that weave into that, so, yep. you know, there are, there are some places that you you're, have a little bit more wiggle room than others, and, you know, I remember we had a huge student voice group at the middle school that I worked at. And I remember similar to you, like, I'm just, I'm just here as, as a pushback. And we'd always phrase it as mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge your thoughts, not because I disagree with you and not because I mm-hmm. agree with you. I'm here to challenge you because when you go out to the open, when you go out to the public, when you go out to make these stances, I just want you to be prepared, mm-hmm. you know? And right. it was, mm-hmm. and it was always interesting going through that, how fired up they would get or times they would go, yeah. I don't have an answer for that. I'm like, okay, so now we know, like, it's not that you're wrong. Now we know we have to further develop your ideas because these questions right. are, are going to come and I want you to be strong in what you believe. You know, and that was always, it would mm-hmm. get very, very heated. And then afterwards they'd be like, okay, we're done here. Like that was just pushback time, you know? And um, I don't know right. if, I, if I ever got, got it right either, but it, um, it's, it's, it's definitely those things that – when they become passionate, if these are going to be the change makers, um, you know, you want them to be right. as equipped as they possibly can. Right. Cause the goal is to make sure that they're critical thinkers. Isn't that a standard for most of us? Right? Yeah. Like, they've got to be able to think through things, whether I agree with them or disagree is irrelevant. If they can. And that's the thing in my English class, I've, I've before every assessment, I remind them you're, it's a, everything is up to interpretation. If you can back it up with the text, then there you go. Like there's really no right or wrong answer. If, if your argument is sound, there's nothing I can say. You you get an A, like right, right, like you you get the grade. Yeah. It's my opinion is irrelevant. So I love it. I love it. 
Well, I want to be respectful of your time here as we kind of bring this up full circle to a close. Is there anything that, that we didn't talk about or address or something that's still on your mind that you want to make sure you get out for the listeners? I think you've you've really brought in some amazing ideas in terms of giving us some, some food for thought, um, you know, maybe thinking about our classroom and our practices um, in some different ways and maybe just nothing else for us to be reflective of how we start off our, our year, how we allow kids to express themselves. And so you've given us some great stuff, but I didn't know if there's anything else. You're like, I, I want to make sure they have this. And if you don't, it's okay too. Um, I'm to put you on the spot there. <laughs> cool. a, a couple of things. Um, I'd encourage um, listeners to take a look at the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and those sustainable development goals if you haven't already um, and maybe find ways that you can incorporate them into your learning spaces in this, this upcoming school year. Um, I'd also encourage folks to, if you're not involved with your, your I don't know if all of your listeners, if listeners are at public schools, um, I encourage you to find ways to get more involved with your local unions um, because I have found in the last year or two that I'm, I'm really able to better support students um, or it's another, another avenue for me to support other educators and support students um, and make sure that our school, our district, our community are places where, you know, we are seeking all the time global justice, justice, social justice, racial justice for all of our students. And so I'd encourage you to look up those documents and, and other orgs that you can get involved with. Um, chat with teachers overseas in their classrooms whenever you can. Um, and yeah, get involved with your, your locals. Yeah, I think those are some, some great ideas as we as we kind of bring this to a close and definitely some things that I think taking a look at your local connections, I mean, sometimes it's easy to to want to go across the pond to build these connections, but sometimes mm-hmm. your most powerful ones are sitting right down the road from you. Right um, yeah. And a lot of times these issues that are, are all over the, the world, they're right here at, at your mm-hmm. local community when sometimes that's where you can make some of your biggest impact, um, you know, by, by reaching out to those different organizations to uh, help get that ball started. So as, as, still, as, as, as people are listening in, I'll make sure all the stuff's in the show notes and links to all the things that you talked about. But if people want to follow your journey or, or reach out to you, uh, where are some of those places for them to uh, check out your work and, and, and see what else you got going on here, not just now, but obviously in the future, because it looks like you got a lot of great things uh, shaping up for you. I am always ready to collaborate with teachers anywhere, everywhere. Um, so um, my website is www.estellachurch.com and you can follow me on Instagram at Mrs. Church, M-R-S-C-H-U-R-C-H, um, as well on Twitter at EO Church um, on Twitter and just DM me, email me. I am ready to connect. Awesome. This has been so great. Estella, thank you so much for your time and I can't wait to hear what develops in the challenges out there. Some of you are looking for a connection. She just she just made it made it pretty easy by reaching out to her, so no excuses to anyone listening in. So thank you again so much for your this amazing conversation and uh, taking time out of your day to talk with me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.